This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, it's Thursday, which of course means one thing. It's time to talk to Chelsea legend, the wonderful Kerry Dixon. How are you, mate? Did you have a good week? Um, it didn't start off too good, or whether the, mm. the the back end of last week didn't end too good, whichever way you want to look at it. But, um, yeah, this week has been a positive one and looking forward very much to the semi-final at the weekend and hoping that uh, it doesn't end like last week. Well, exactly. Like I was like I was saying to you a minute ago, you know, off air, it's it's remarkable what a good chat and moan with your mates and a few beers can do to to get you over a horrible loss. And and sadly, uh, we, we none of us expected it. I mean, we certainly didn't uh, predict it on the on the show uh, last week. But uh, a horrible defeat, I'm afraid it was. I mean, I, I, you know, there's a lot of conjecture going on about. Um, you know whether whether we were tactically outdone by Mourinho, who also you know he's got quite a good track record of uh, of doing that in a one-off game, or in a sense kind of picking up a bit on what um, Conte said uh, after the match, where he kind of implied that you know the, the mentality of the players. I mean, basically what he was saying was was that they weren't really up for it, which I find quite remarkable. Kerry, I mean, is 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 it one or the other, or was it a bit of both? Do you think? I think uh, um, I'm not going to say. Well, I will say it. Jose Mourinho, and, and you know, I, I, I give Jose credit for what Jose does. I give Antonio Conte credit for what he does. Um, the things for me that come out of the Manchester United game, obviously, the loss was uh, not good. Um, it wasn't a Jose masterclass, but what I have to say is that he and indeed his players worked out a way of stopping Chelsea. And I, 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 I've thought about it a long time. And I, I say to you and I say to most people who, who listen, um, Chelsea have one major creative world talent in terms of creativity, and it's Eden Hazard. Um, we have one world-class goal scorer. We have one world-class goalkeeper. But 
in tight games, when you sh- shut down the ability to create or you stop Eden Hazard in, in that respect from Chelsea's perspective, you cut off the supply to Diego Costa, who will then have to battle for scraps to get his goal. Um, Courtois at the other end will do what he'll do. People will argue other players do this and other players do that and unsung heroes. But for me, in tight games, in big games, it's the world-class players that matter. Eden Hazard, um, sadly for Chelsea last week, um, wasn't on the top of his game, didn't perform. Um, Chelsea had no real other creativity. Um, The second uh, port of call in terms of creativity for me is Cesc Fabregas. Um, You know, he offers what he offers in terms of passing. It needs to be right. um, And he can make it happen on occasions as well. But other than that, Chelsea are a team structure with a work ethic that get the job done. Um, Manchester United are very similar. Uh, Jose Mourinho is turning them into a very similar type of team um, without certain cutting edges in certain departments uh, like the creativity of Hazard. But they've done a job on Hazard or Eden didn't perform for whatever. And too many times and lots of times this season, when we've been in tight games, which we have done, it's been the likes of Hazard's genius or Costa's goal-scoring ability that have won tight games for us. And, you know, these are the, this is the thing that um, has, has concerned me all season. It is a team ethic. I, I still think we can win the league, and I still think, you know, we're in a great position, and I'm very positive about that. We've got a good run in. I think we'll probably win it. You know, um, the odds are in our favour, um, provided we keep this team ethic and keep doing what we're doing, then I think we've done enough. But I do... I am a little bit concerned um, with regard to next year and you talk about the Champions League and so on. We've, and the feature has been on the Champions League this week. Leicester going out. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, I'll say about big players performing. You know, when they need to perform, big players perform. Um, Ronaldo has done it time and time again. Messi has. Uh, Messi didn't perform last night. Um, but, you know, every now and again that happens. Eden Hazard didn't perform last week for us. And Chelsea suffered as a consequence in a tight game. You say, just on the back of it, um, and I seem to be rambling on a little bit here, but I've been wanting to say these words to people for quite a while. Um, what's come out of the game? Antonio Conte is a massive plus and grew on me even more in defeat than anything he's done so far this season in terms of what people say masterclasses, setting up a team, devising a system. He come out and said, I didn't perform. We're all in it together. If the players didn't perform, I didn't perform. He proved he's a human being. He's not trying to take away anything. Took the blame for a lot of the blame on himself, although we don't give him the blame because, you know, um, you can't get the adulation if you don't take the blame. Um, And it's something to prove we've got a human manager and he grew in that respect. What he'll have to do now is uh, galvanise the team um, for the weekend and hopefully... Um, put the Manchester United defeat behind him and the team, which hopefully will happen, and uh, we'll go on and beat Spurs and look forward to an FA Cup final. Sorry about the ramble. No, mate, I, I was just listening uh, listening in awe, in a sense, because you, you, it sounds like you needed to get something off your chest, a bit like, like we did earlier in the week. And I, I have to say, mate, I, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing in there that I don't uh, disagree with at all. And uh, I think it was really, in a sense, a combination of the two, and I, I do think you're right. I think that they absolutely did a job on on Eden Hazard, uh, but I don't think it was just Hazard. I think also they 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 Darmian kind of man Mark Pedro as well. So they cut off that supply to, directly to Costa, and they also sat on our on on our wing backs. 
um, which which really stuffed them. But I, I, there, I think that, that it does beg a question, and I think you were alluding to that a little bit. Was you know could could Eden Hazard have done a little bit more to to lose Herrera? You know could he have you know shown for the ball a lot more and, and taken the foul? Because you know we know that Herrera's got a history of fouling him, so I I wonder if he could have done a little bit more. Well, listen, the, the challenge for Eden Hazard in his own personal career, and people will throw down these challenges, is do you want to be world-class? You are world-class at times, and you can be world-class on your day. Um, do you want to be world-class permanent? Do you want to be Cristiano Ronaldo scoring 40, 50 goals every, consistently? Do you want to be a Lionel Messi performing brilliantly every week? Not an Eden Hazard who's borders on world-class, playing every now and again when he wants to, um, playing brilliantly on occasions and he's unplayable, winning games on occasions. Does he want to be world-class and perform every week to the same level? I mean, people say you can't, but I'll tell you what, if you can't, what's Lionel Messi been doing the last 10 years and what's Cristiano Ronaldo been doing the last 10 years? Yeah, well, I, I think it's a valid point. And I mean, it is a criticism that, that is leveled to him. And I think it's that kind of, you know, does he have that selfish, if you like, kind of nasty stroke hard streak in him like a Messi or a Ronaldo does to take it onto that next level? And, you know, he, he's he's not getting any younger. And, and I mean, obviously, as Chelsea supporters, we all hope that he does because on his day, he is just absolutely phenomenal. Um Nevertheless, I mean, one thing that we have skated over, and I've, I've been dying to ask you this, uh, you know, pretty much since the match. Um, how how much of an effect does it have if you lose a player like Alonso? I mean, I think they knew Thibaut uh, Courtois wasn't going to start. But to lose Alonso in the warm-up, a guy who who has become a key player for us this year, I mean, how, how much does that affect a team straight before kickoff to lose a player like that? Well, no disrespect to anyone in the, in the team. If you lost the Diego Costa or if you lost uh, Eden Hazard, uh, in my opinion, and no disrespect to, although it comes across that way, um, to Alonso, um, you know, we should be able to fill that gap. We're talking about a squad that's so many points clear at the top of the league. We're talking about a squad that's going to challenge in Europe. To, to lose one player uh, any time, whether it be to flu, whether it be to something overnight, whether it be to a bug, whether it be to... Um, as it was something in the warm-up, um, should be able to a player should be able to come in and do a job. We've got on about two or three midfield players: um, Cesc Fabregas, Matic, Kanti. You know, um, any two out of the three. So if you lost one, someone else would come in. If we've got a squad good enough to cope with a the situation, then surely we should be good enough, in my opinion, to cope with the loss of one player in a warm-up. Yeah, I mean, you know. I, I I agree with that, but I mean clearly, clearly. Well, I don't know. It's very hard to say. I mean, there's I mean, what's the, the wonderful. I, sorry, to, no, sorry, sorry to go on, mate. You. I mean, you, you know, you talk about who, people say, well, who could come in and do the job or whatever. You know, um, who, well, who could come in and do the job? If uh, if it, 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 the question would then be, if we've got no one to replace Alonso in the side and yeah. and to do that job, why was David Aki brought back from Bournemouth? Why don't you let yeah. him carry on his his learning curve? You know, why didn't uh, you know? What's the difference? How come United managed to transform Antonio Valencia from a wide attacking player to a defensive player? Um, what you're saying, uh, the likes of Pedro, William, you know, we've got players within that squad who would have done that job, uh, as, it, as it turns out. We didn't perform on the day at United. Um, it, I've said all along, and I'm going to be consistent, it's squads and teams, um, and I include the manager in this, uh, that win the leagues or don't win leagues, that win games or don't win games. 
They lost mm. it together, and it wasn't due to one particular reason. Um, but there were certain reasons as, as, as to why. Um, what if we lost a player at Wembley? Because all of a sudden we make the excuse, oh, we lost someone in a warm-up at Wembley. We lose the Spurs. No, come on. We're better than that. Um, well, I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, the, the one thing I would say is a, is a slight caveat on that, and because you can imagine you know, how moany the Chelsea fan cast was on Monday. And actually, it's interesting that you, you mentioned Ake because a lot of the chatter was about, well, why did he, why did he, you know, not keep the back three the same, you know, keep, keep Louise, Cahill and Aspie together because we know that that's worked. And why didn't he bring Aki in? And, and of course, the, the caveat I would have on that is, of course, that, you know, we, yes, of course, we can all have our view and our opinion, but none of us are at the training ground every day. We're not seeing what these players are doing in training, and we're not Antonio Conte, so we don't have that luxury of knowing how they've been performing in training. So whilst it was disappointing not to see him choose Ake, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think we're in a position to judge that. The one other thing I would say, Kerry, that kind of relates to this is that, you know, when you've got a situation like... Uh, you know, Costa either not getting the service or having a bad day at the office or however you want to put it. I, I, do, I do think it shows that, that, you know, we are suffering from the fact that, you know, for whatever reason, again, Conte clearly doesn't fancy Batshuayi, but we just don't have any other striking options at the moment. So if Costa is playing badly, is out of form, is whatever, he doesn't seem to have another option. And that does worry me, I have to say. Oh, well, I, listen, you, you can't have it always as well. Sorry about this. It seems like turning into a moment at you, Dave, or a moment of questions. Right. I can take it. I can um, take it. No, listen, a little while ago, you were, you were singing the praises of Plan B, Plan B, when the three little fellas were playing well, up front, true. and we didn't have Costa, and he and he yeah. didn't play Batshuayi. He played Pedro, William, and uh, Hazard, you know? Yeah. And we were saying, oh, we've got a Plan B and all the rest of it. Well, I said at the time, well, if that's Plan B, oh, I'm not convinced about it. Yeah. Um, I think I thought for a long time we need another striker. Um, yeah. ba- and, I've, and I've also said that if Batshuayi is not the answer, and we still really don't know whether he is the answer or not, um, and the chances are we're not going to find out because Diego Costa is not going to sit by and wait for Batshuayi to develop into a player to take his place. So the chances are we're not going to find that out. We have to get another striker in. And, you know, I- I've thought that for a long, long time. But Diego Costa, for me, is not having a bad time. He's he's just not scoring goals, which everyone thinks. Oh, striker, not scoring goals. Goodness me! Um, when you when you think about the other teams, uh, they go on about Rashford uh, not scored since September. You go on about. Uh, I mean, it's been highlighted. It's a bit of a shame for the lad because I think he's a good player. Um, you know, and, and players having times where they haven't scored for a period of time. Diego Costa is still part of this squad. He's still part of this team that is four points clear and, and could arguably win the double. Um, you know, he's part of it, whether he's scoring or not. It does highlight the fact that if he's not scoring, who else is chipping in? You know, um, if we're part of a squad and a team ethic, how much we relied on his goals. And, I, and you know, you, you, if you go back and look at the points that his goals have made, the difference, um, I don't know what the stats are. And if you go back at Eden Hazard's goals and you take out them, I wonder where Chelsea would be. Other people have got to chip in in these situations, well, and I would keep the faith in Costa because he's going to come. He's going to come right. He might end up the season last three games scoring about six or seven goals. Um, at the moment, we need him now, but he stays in the team for me. He keeps playing, keeps doing what he's doing, get the service right, and I'm convinced he'll score goals. He'll start scoring again, and then he'll get a run of them. 
Yeah. Well, uh, do you know what? I, I thank you. you. You've you, you've given me a bit of a bolster there, Kerry, because I wrote a, a, a passionate defence of Costa actually uh, last week, and I do a weekly article for Football London, and I kind of went right. off on one because he's been getting a lot of criticism. I took on board what you said as well, and I, I really did defend him very much in, in the way that you had. And, and as you say, you know, there, there's no reason why he. He, he won't come back into form. I mean, because there was all that talk about him having a drought because he hasn't scored for five games. That's not a goal drought. 24 games without a goal is a goal drought, and that's what Torres did. And he seems to get... He seemed, you know, Torres, in spite of all of that at Chelsea, he got nothing but love from Chelsea supporters. And it does intrigue me that the minute Costa doesn't do it in one match, he seems to get a, a far harder time than Fernando Torres ever did. And for the life of me, I can't understand why, but there you go. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Listen, we should move on, really, because, of course, you know, we've alluded to it already. Uh, but we've got Spurs in the uh, in the semi-final of the FA Cup. The only thing that gets bigger, Dave, is if it's Spurs in the final. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we've had that in the League Cup not that long ago. Um, now, look, given the situation that we're in in the league, I mean, like, like you, I think, reading between the lines, you know, OK, we didn't need that defeat, but we're still four points clear with six games to go. And, you know... That's a position that I would rather be in than four points behind than six games to go. And, of course, it's Spurs who are four points behind. But I think, in a sense, that that does make this match even more massive than it normally is. And I just wonder, and, I mean, you know, you, you've been here, you know, is, is this a game we dare not lose? Is there going to be a massive psycholog- psychological impact on one side or other, depending on who wins and lose? Well, listen, in the show about two weeks ago, I did say... You know, with the semi-final coming up and we were so many points clear and so on. I did say, don't worry. Um, but I also said if we were to lose to United and then lose to Tottenham and they were to continue winning, there would be a situation whereby certain people will start to think, on, the wheels have come off Chelsea 
are catchable, which we all, we're always catchable until it's mathematically uncatchable. Um, and that was always the case. Nothing's going to change there. Um, there is a chance, I have to say, that we could lose this game. I, mm. I mean, I want us to win. I think we can win. But I do believe it's, it's one of them games that's on the day, um, a tight game. They are, you know, the best team in the, in the Premier League, apart from us, um, at the moment, I think. Uh, Manchester City are playing well as well. They've picked up some decent run of form. But Tottenham have hit a real run of form. And I have to say, they're the team that I've been the most impressed with this season. Um, I've said quite a few times to people, they, they give us a good doing um, over at their place. And they, they were also very unlucky at our place um, over the, in the league. Um, you know, we beat them, that, beat them there. And, well, they, they murdered us in the first half. We got a goal right on the stroke of half-time. They, they've been a decent team. And uh, they've got it together. And it's going to be a tough encounter with them. Um, on the running itself, I think Chelsea have got by far the better running. And in terms of uh, games we've got to play and games they've got to play, I think with a four-point start, we, you know, I'm not going to say nailed on because people saw you nailed on a little while ago when we were eight, ten, twelve, so many points clear. And I'm thinking, mm, not not quite just yet. Now we're down to four points, so I think we're more nailed on than we were then. And the reason is because of the games we've got left, because of that four-point difference, uh, I think Chelsea are more than capable. You look at the four home games we've got. You know, take away Everton away, uh, which is going to be a tricky one. Um, but even if we were to lose that, it was still a point clear. Bearing in mind Spurs have got to win all their six. Um, you know, I could see us winning the four home games that we've got. <clears throat> um, you know, Spurs are going to have to win every game. They, I think they've still got Arsenal. I think they've still got United. Um, you know, they've got some tough games. Um, I think we'll, we'll win the league. Uh, you know, the closer it gets, the more games go down, it's tougher for them. Um, having said that, I'm not so convinced about this weekend. Really? We need no, we need no, no Eden Hazard blip. We need no Diego Costa misfiring. We need no Thibaut Courtois slips. We, know, we need every other player doing their job. If we get that, I think we can win. But they're going to need that as well. It's a, it really is about on the day. If they've got a firing Harry Kane, Deli Alley doing what he's doing very, 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 very well at the moment. He's playing well. Christian Eriksen, tight defence. You know, they've got players as well. And uh, I, I think this one could go either way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it, it, it's going to be really... It's hard to call and it is really tight. And, you know, there is no doubt about it on current form. Uh, Spurs are certainly uh, the better team on on current form, and actually, you know what? In a funny sort. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, that's right. Sorry, Dave, to interrupt there. I was, I, you come in, You talk about you know Spurs are currently better. Who's the favourites for this game? Do you know? I mean, it's well, I don't. Me I, know I, what, I don't know what, what's going on at the bookies. Are Chelsea yeah. favourites? I don't know. I've not. I've not looked yet. Uh, I haven't dared look actually in a, in a sense, but. <sighs> You know, I, I don't know. It's worth It would be worth knowing that, wouldn't it? I mean, I was about to say, actually, in a funny sense, you know, as I, as I was saying, on current form, there's a chance that they that, that, that Spurs might be favourites. And I think, in a sense, that actually might play in our, in our hands. Because, you know, we, we talked about pressure the other week, didn't we? And we talked about the fact that there's maybe more pressure on Spurs, you know, uh, if they start, you know, getting closer to us. It might, might lead to the famous uh, St. Totterings Day, hopefully. But perhaps maybe, you know, the onus is going to be on them. So maybe that might play into our hands, you know. 
who can say? I mean, where do you think it's going to be won or lost, Kerry? I mean, there's a lot of talk around this week about, uh, uh, you know, how, how they played us in the league when their midfield basically bossed us at White Hart Lane. Um, do you think that's the key to it? Um, I think that uh, it could go either way in terms of where it's going to be won or lost. I think that the likes of Hazard, Costa, like I've said, have to perform. They don't perform this week. You know, mm. um, Conte took on board and he said, I was to blame. You know, this time everyone's got to be spot on. You know, everyone has to do everything right in the preparation for this game. Can't leave nothing, you know, uh, to chance. Having prepared the players and put them out there, then he has to react to what's going on in the game and hopefully Chelsea players are playing to their to their best. If they are, I think the difference, because I don't think Tottenham have got, coming back to this this word again, world-class players, I still think, you know, how many Tottenham players get in, how many Chelsea team and how many Chelsea players get in the Tottenham team. I still think we've got some world-class players. And have they really got world-class players? Harry Kane, arguably. Arguably, but world-class. Been doing it for three years. Great centre-forward. Probably the best English centre-forward about. World-class? Don't know. We've got two. Arguably three. Arguably four. Yeah. They have to perform. Yeah. Spot on, mate. And I think that's the thing. I think with a game like this... You're right. Every single one of that team, Conte included, has to be at it 100% and they, they have to play at their best. And I think, you know, playing a team that is in form like Tottenham, that, that's a given. You know, you've got to play at your best to be able to beat this lot. Um, that having been said, uh, how, how do you see it going? I mean, you, I mean, I know it's going to be tough to call, but we can't possibly predict anything other than a Chelsea win, can we? I think you said to me one time during the show, if I remember, you know, you don't predict a Chelsea loss. Um, I never do. And, and, I'm, and I'm a bit, and I'm a bit like that as well. Um, if I feel it's a tricky game, I tend not to, um, not to have a bet or not to say, oh, mm. whatever. I, I usually go for possibly a draw or, but I, I, it's the first time I'm totally unsure about the game. Um, Really unsure. I was sceptical about United. I thought that would be a draw. And mm. it turns out we, we had a loss. Um, Chelsea teams in the past have a way of bouncing back from defeats. Mm. Um, I hope that is the case. But it's an FA Cup semi-final at Wembley. Uh, I'm not going to call it, mate. Uh, I just hope I'm keeping my fingers crossed we perform. I believe that if we perform on the day, we'll win. Um, yeah. Any One or two off... Uh, Tottenham are in a good run of form, and I think we'll get beat. I think uh, I think that's the way. Um, two teams playing at 100 percent maximum. I think our world class players will shade it. That's what I've always yeah. thought about Chelsea. Um, yeah. Anything less than that, one or two players off on either side, it will cost them the game. Yeah, well, I think I think that sounds eminently sensible to me, and I, I, I agree entirely with that. I've still I've still got a hunch. I've still got a hunch that. You know, the, the mentality of the two teams is going to be very, very different. I think Tottenham have got, a, I think, something of an inferiority complex over us or under us over the last few years. And that has affected them mental, mentally. And I think at the moment that they're, they're, they're about as, as high mentally as they could possibly be. So there's a chance to me that they might they might they might be a little bit complacent in a, in a, in a sense. And as, as I said, if if as you said, if if we are on it a hundred percent and we play to our potential, I think that we will win. If we play like we did against United last last uh, Sunday, we won't. It's as simple as that. 
So for that reason, Kerry, I'm going to, well, I'm going to go for 2-1 because I also, I can't see us not conceding. And, you know, we haven't really talked about that, the fact that we've been conceding goals a lot recently. So uh, what Nelly colours to the Mars in terms of a score. Oh, goodness me. Let's go, uh, let's go one all. Um, let's go one all extra time. And yeah. it might even go penalties. Blimey. Okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to stick with my two one. I'll tell you what, my wildest dreams. I'd love to see another five one again because that's one of the best the best days I've ever had, Kerry. I tell you, we were so drunk after that game. None of us could. We, I mean, I remember we were turning around to each other, just looking at each other in utter disbelief. And then when the fourth went in, we we just started bursting out laughing. We couldn't believe it. I, I would I would love a repeat of that. I somehow don't see it. Right, uh, we've got a few minutes before we wrap up, and uh, we we can't uh, not do this show this week without talking about the fact that John Terry and the club have uh, have announced that he will be uh, leaving at the uh, at the end of this season. Something that I kind I, I think that you know we've all really been suspecting, um, but it was very sad to hear it from my point of view. What a remarkable player he has been for this club. Well, um, to come through the ranks and play the majority of your football in life, if not all of it, I don't think it's over for John. So I'll say the majority at one club has been absolutely uh, a fantastic achievement. Um, you know, if it's come to an end, it's come to an end and it obviously has. It'll be an emotional day. I hope he, he plays a part in the game in some capacity. I hope there's a, a feeling from um, within whoever makes decisions here and then it's Sunderland um, if the situation is right that John plays a part in that game um, he will get an unbelievable send-off uh, from the Chelsea fans undoubtedly after the game I dare say they'll be um, presenting the trophy if indeed it's won then um, but I have to say I, I think that the John Terry send-off and forgive me if anyone feels differently will be a bigger um ovation than perhaps receiving the Premier League trophy this season. Perhaps mm. not for the likes of Antonio Conte, but we're saying goodbye to arguably a fellow that's been the best player ever to put on a shirt. There's yeah. arguments there both ways. There's arguments for and against. Um, but certainly he's in the top three for me, uh, personally. If not the be- if not the best, I mean, Frank's in there for me. And, you know, we could get people who argue about this left, right and centre all day long, who's the best player and so on. But if you're in top 10, 15, 20, if we even talked about that, it, it's a wonderful thing. And John's right up there. Um, you know, I can't say anything higher than what I feel about the bloke as a man, as, uh, as, a, as a Chelsea legend, uh, as a bloke that I've seen um, make players around him feel better, pulls players through situations when he's playing or even not playing. You know, in the dressing room, get John Terry. Words, talking. Um, great leader, great captain, a wonderful footballer, I have to say. Um, England career sadly curtailed short uh, for all the reasons we know why. Um, and there'll be people who give a uh, stick to John Terry for one reason or another. But I find it very unfair, very unjust in, the, in that case. Um, yes, um, he's had one or two issues off the field. Haven't we all? Um, everyone's a human being. Um, you know, and you look at the Gerrards held in higher, you know, issues off the field, so on. I could go through everyone. John Terry to us is an icon and someone to be respected and someone who's been a wonderful servant and someone who we can be proud of. And, uh, you know, the likes of uh, players who played before, against and indeed with, 
Um, certainly do respect him and I wish him all the best in whatever he does. Um, in whatever his life decides, I wish John all the best. And uh, like every other Chelsea fan, thanks for the memories. They've been wonderful. And, uh, you know, to serve your club like the way he has, absolutely magnificent. I th- well, Kerry, I think that's a, a beautiful tribute to the man, and I, and I agree 100% with that sentiment. I think, you know, for me, it says it all that, you know, we're talking about a, a player in the modern era who has, he's only, you know, a handful of games uh, under Chopper and Peter Bonetti in terms of Chelsea appearances, which is unprecedented in the modern era. And I, and I have to say, I don't think we'll ever see his like again. Uh, at Chelsea and dare I say any other kind of big uh, club in the in the Premier League I mean what what do you think we'll miss most from John Terry everything uh, his presence um, mm. being around the club you know people say you look for leaders in the dressing room you hear all these pundits go um, well who's the leaders in the dressing room you know you look at Chelsea's team now who's the leaders in the dressing room I don't know um, but I know John Terry is if he walks through the door John Terry's the leader we used to have six six or seven in one team yeah. Um, you know, we had the Drogba's, the Franks, the Balaks and the Czechs and so on. You know, who's the leaders now? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. People closer to it will know better than I will. Who's the leader? I would say still John Terry. Yeah, exactly. Well, I tell you what, mate, I think that's one thing we didn't cover in the United game, but there did seem to be a distinct lack of that kind of leadership against United. And I think actually that disappointed... I mean, I don't want to rake over old ground again, but I think if anything disappointed me most on, on Sunday, it was that there seemed to be a lack of fight. And that is something you would never get... Uh, in the Chelsea team with John Terry in it, and I think you're right. His just his his unique kind of leadership style is is possibly what we'll miss most. If you had had to name one kind of favourite JT moment uh, from a game or anything, what what would, what would be your over overriding memory? I think Barcelona header. Was it Barcelona header for four three tonight? The four two, yeah, the four two. Four two. No, I, what, well, yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm getting the game right. It was the most yeah. amazing night of European yeah. football. Um, it was a header, um, and JT, I don't know if it was a winner or it was equaliser or something on aggregate or something, but amazing. Um, that's the one that comes straight to mind. Um, I'm sure there, there, there's loads. Uh, JT, mum, he's lifting the trophies always. Um, yeah. But listen, um, there's so many for John. Um, I don't know. Uh, you get lost for words when you talk about him, you look for his career, there'll be so many magic moments. Uh, in each of his, I think, is it 20 years? Yeah, 22 years. years. He's been at the club. 22. 22 years. Yeah. Amazing. You know, yeah. there's been magic moments in each of them. So. Yep. Uh, and, uh, well, and, and I tell you what, I mean, like you, you, you sound much the same as me on this. I think you know, the gratitude that I have, somebody actually summed it up brilliantly, actually. They sent a, a little post when we were doing the show on Monday and and they just said, uh, just thank you for so many joyful games that I've witnessed seeing him play. And I think, you know, I, I can say this as a supporter. I mean, we felt much the same about when we used to see you play because you scored so many goals for the club. But the joy that players like you and John Terry and Frank Lampard have given the mere mortal supporters like us over the years, is it's, it's hard to put into words, actually. So there's an enormous amount well, of gratitude come, that we feel for it, him. Sorry, Dave, if I could if I could just come in on the back of that, you know, uh, you, know you put me in, you know, a very exalted company there. But, you know... Um, to have what you call mere mortals, which you're not, um, <laughs> the, the things the things that Chelsea supporters are and the bond that it is that makes it Chelsea Football Club and the bond between these type of players is the very fact that you've just said that and it will be reciprocated by them players back. And that is the bond that makes 
You know, when people ask about legends and people ask about what it means to the club, the supporters, and John Terry's come out this week and said, so I'm, I'm proud to be your captain. It wasn't yeah. the club's captain. It's your captain. You're all part of the club. You, we're part of the club and you're part of the unit. Um, that's what makes the difference between players who are loved and players that, who played for the club. Yeah, well, that's that's true. And I mean, I, I, like you, I've been lucky enough to meet JT a number of times. And the other thing that I would say just in closing is that it's not just what he's done for the club and for us as supporters on the pitch. Um, he, he is a throwback as well in the context that you know, he will always find time for supporters. He will, he will, he will always sign your stuff. He'll always talk to you. He's always available to you. And 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 I think that's that's sadly becoming less and less uh, of a thing in modern football. But JT, like your generation, Kerry, he always has time for you. And you know, I hope that when he's hung up his boots finally and he comes back to the club, uh, you know, you never know. Maybe in ten years' time, if I'm still blooming well going, we might be doing a Kerry and a John Terry show for the, the fan cast because he strikes me as the kind of bloke who might well do that. You know, he's a throwback, and we won't see his like again. Certainly won't, and uh, the show would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd be up for that. I know you would, mate. We should go. <laughs> we, should, we should go really, uh, because we kind of overstayed our welcome a little bit. But uh, it's a massive weekend this weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. There's nothing like a cup semi-final uh, up at Wembley, so I shall be convening in my in our in the usual pub that we congregate in before. And hopefully coming back down to Stamford Bridge area to celebrate a, another win against Tottenham. Uh, we've also got the Southampton game, of course, next Tuesday. So you and I will get. Well, it'll be the first chance the fancast gets to talk about that next Thursday. So I'm already looking forward to next week's show. Um, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games, both of them. And uh, you and I will talk next Thursday. Yeah, and more importantly, good luck this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope we get another win. That'll be great stuff. Mate, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I will speak to you again next week. Thanks, Dave. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.